When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is exciting. This is, this is exciting stuff. First of all, and then do you want to be a part of this where we say and tell people they need to download, subscribe, rate, review the pod? This is Bo Rude, by the way. Nick, thanks Bo for having Rude. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to, you need to go download, subscribe, rate, review to the Nick Bob podcast. It all helps. It all helps. Uh, first one, dude. First recap pod. We're off and running here. A reaction pod. The reaction pod. Everybody in the state of Nebraska right now needs this. They, they got lots they of feelings. It. Yes. I would say Nebraska's horrible. The hype was bad. No. I, I think it's fair. I want to start with this. So Nebraska wins 35-21. I think it's fair to say everyone was probably disappointed yesterday. But at yes. the same time... That doesn't mean all is lost. All the hype was bullshit. Uh, it's time to freak out or anything like that. Like I think those two things can be true at the same time. You know? Yeah. the The hype we we talked on the last episode about how the hype sort of picked up steam over the summer, right? Yeah. The national media started picking us, and I think we have all bought into the hype. Oh yeah. And then. The thing that we were so confident of is our quarterback and the offense, and it sort of was a little deflating, right? right. We felt a little deflated. You could feel it in the stadium. The, the crowd came out after the game, and they were just – it was a little bit, ooh, let down. Yeah. But I, I don't think that, that the season is not – like there's not optimism because we won the game and played bad, and the, the, the guy that's probably our best player – um, didn't have a good game for him at all. And so we, we have a, a great opportunity, I think, to to build off of this before Colorado. So Yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game, I think it's always weird when what you think is going to happen doesn't happen from the standpoint of everywhere people thought Nebraska was going to be really good, they kind of weren't. And everywhere that they thought Nebraska was maybe going to struggle, they excelled. And so sometimes you set an expectation of something in your mind, individually, collectively, and if it doesn't follow that script, you get like, whoa, you know? I mean, if you'd have told me before the game, one side of the ball is going to carry the game and win the game and all that stuff, I mean, you'd have bet a billion dollars it had been the offense, but it was the other way around. So that I think that's the other thing with it too is like, what what you what you conjured up in your mind with this team and for the mm-hmm. game didn't play out. Yeah, and and I don't know. Tell me tell me your thoughts on this. Did you feel like they were letting it all hang out, or did it feel like it was we're only showing? Like, was there some holdback on play well, calling? Well, let's on start. Offense? That's a perfect way to. That's the perfect. Shelve that because I want to get squeeze this in real quick. Because okay. I want to get into it. Because I want to ask you that on. Because I don't know if sometimes people from the outside in like the 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 talking point for every whenever you play a uh, 
a gimme game in your first yeah. game, one of the talking points is, were they vanilla? Were they, were they showing anything? Yep. What was happening? But I want to go back to the first, either the first or second drive of the game for South Alabama. If number eight, Deontay Williams, if he doesn't get the late hit on third down, they're off the field. Yep. They get the late hit that keeps South Alabama on the field. And then on the touchdown, Deontay Williams has the quarterback dead to rights yep. in the backfield. He whiffs and the quarterback scores. Yep. I I just I don't I'm not I don't so I'm just I think sometimes games are more fragile than you oh, yeah. think. Like I wonder if that late hit doesn't happen or if Deontay Williams sticks the quarterback and they don't score. Maybe the the game kind of flows a little bit different, but that I I feel like early in the game that felt like one of those like those are plays that kind of flip the game. Yeah, the a game can flip on literally one play, to, you know, that can change everything where that could have been a blowout. In the second half, it could have been, you know, we could have scored 50, you know, 50 Because the first drive, the first offensive drive was really good yeah. for Nebraska. It, and it just so, but then, you know, South Alabama did a good job. They made the plays to stick around and give themselves a chance. Right. right. So you got to give them some credit. Um, but yeah, I, I think we just never, we never really caught that, you know, that first game momentum where when you're playing a team, you should beat. If the momentum goes your way right away, sometimes the game's over after right. two or three series, right? You score three times, the game's over. That didn't really happen for us. We scored once, but they hung around. They got that that touchdown the first half, and it's sort of like it was like we couldn't get away. I always felt like, and I don't know how you felt on the football field. I mean, we played football growing up, but I, so I know this was how we approached it at Southeast and whatnot. I always think when you're playing the teams you're supposed to beat, you take hope away right away. Like, I'm really big on, like, you go out there and kick, like, you punch them in the, in the mouth right away. And it's over. And it's over. Like, if Nebraska would have gone out, they scored on the first drive, and then you just, you know, put the hammer down right away. Now, all of a sudden, any any semblance of hope that they had is gone. That that was Nebraska's signature in the 90s. And we, you know, as Nebraska fans, yes. we'd go there as kids, and it was it was a, like, standard life where it's like, you go for a quarter, the game's <laughs> over, and then you're like, you're thinking about what am I going to eat at halftime oh, yeah. in the parking lot? Because right. you go out to the parking lot, and you go to the best tailgate. Right. Who's who's got the best snacks? Because that's what you. That was right. part of the experience. Was like you almost never were playing a full game, and that that's the thing that you know they're not there yet. Where they're they're taking people's heart in the first three series. Where these teams come in, they go, we we can't win this game now. Right. And that's where I think they, you know, they just like I said they let they let South Alabama hang around, and they you saw that sideline. They were. They kept going and they were getting fired up, yeah. and they, so they felt like they had a chance to steal one, and that—that's the part that you know. Right. Okay, we're gonna get to the we'll get to the good and all that stuff, but let's start with the offensive side of the ball because obviously that was the big head scratcher. I mean, yeah. even, even Frost said after the game that that was the most anemic offensive performance he'd been a part of in a long, long time. Anemic was a good word. He I used mean, the word anemic. I was like, aha. <laughs> like that, Frost. I like. He went to the dictionary. He's like, "What's the word for bad?" In the second, in the second <laughs> half, by the way, he took off the long sleeve and went with the. I mean, dude is just jacked. I mean, Nick, are you looking at his bicep? I <laughs> like Scott Frost's body, is what I'm trying to you've, say. You've made two. All right, any questions for Coach? <laughs> Hi, uh, Nick again. Hi, Scott. Uh, Nick Bob from the Nick Bob Podcast. Your body. <laughs> 
What do you do uh, for workouts, Scott? Uh, Curls? Are you a hammer curl guy? Do you superset with some triceps? What do you do does, with that? Do you, are, does the fact that our coach is he, he's more buff than our coaches, that makes you happy, doesn't it? It does. It really does. <laughs> it makes you feel like... It kind got- of does. But in the second half, when he came out, I was like, nice, Scott. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I figured I was like, dude is going to get hot. <laughs> He was muy caliente. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just saying what everybody else is thinking. <laughs> Scott Frost has a nice body. I mean, what's wrong with that? All right. What's wrong with that? All right. Come on, that's just football talk. That's just guy talk. This is right? just guy talk, right? Right. Oh, get another six beers and let's talk about frost biceps. Okay, sorry, Nick. You need a morning whiskey. Oh God. Okay, instant. <laughs> that was bad. All right, we're like eight minutes into the pod and we haven't got anywhere. Okay, well, okay. So let's go back to what you said first because that was one of the things everybody talked about. Were they? You tell me. You you play like were they vanilla? Did they? Did you get the sense they were holding things back because that was that what did feel like an unimaginative offensive plan you know I, I think there's that fine line between it's the first game we want to be conservative for the sake of the players and the next game you're not looking ahead to the next yeah. game but i i think it's it's fair to say coaches if they feel like we should win this game and the next game like there's gonna be some of that let's not show everything i i always attribute it to are you seeing a lot of gadget plays? Mm-hmm. We saw no gadget plays. Zero. I think zero gadget trick sort of really like a we schemed something special for this, this team. Um, we saw zero of that, and that's okay. I, I think there was – and there's also let's just let everybody get comfortable, run the, the simple things to, you know, tr- to avoid turnovers potentially. Like let's just do things that we can do um, – and we'll build on that. I think there's there's sort of a little bit of both, but the zero gadget plays tell me we're holding some things back. And that's okay. I don't think that's a bad thing um, as long as you win the game and they won the game. So in the end, it's okay. We didn't play our best. Sometimes those type of gadget things can help you, you know, spark a drive or get a score. Um, so that that was a big – I, I kind of noticed, like, oh, no, zero yeah. gadgets almost the no, whole game. Not even – and when you say gadget plays, not even talking about like double reverse flea foot, just yes. just anything that seemed exotic or elaborate. Yes, saw anything, none of that. It was it was so vanilla of like inside zone read, outside zone read, and just and not even as many bubbles as we normally throw, and just you know no no deep. We didn't take a shot down the no. field. Even I mean the the seam the seam route to stole on the long on the first drive. That was a deep ball, but it, was, it wasn't really a deep ball. It was more of a lot of yak after. Yeah. I mean, it was more he caught it like, what, 10 yards down the field? Yeah, and, and then, that was just a little, you know, yeah. like a play action quick hit yeah. to the tight end. That was probably the most gadgety play they, they that they had. Shot. They didn't take a shot down the field. Let me ask you a stupid question, but it's like, did you obviously be in a linebacker when you're getting ready to now play a team? Because I want you to flip it and be like you're a Colorado linebacker. Okay. Do you, when you're getting ready to play a team like Nebraska, 
how hard is it when you feel like, damn, they didn't, sh-? like, you know, damn, they didn't show much. So Col- or Colorado will be, they're, they're going to watch this, you know, the film from this first game a ton because that's this year's game. But other than that, they're going back to last year. And so everything that they're, they're going to watch their, you know, they're going to have their four game breakdown basically from last year plus this year's. And, you know, it makes a difference. It's different personnel. And it's, you right. know, it's, it's a more mature team. So really, you're going to base a lot of what they're doing off of from what we called last year. So, so for Frost, I think that's, a, that's an advantage they have right now is they didn't come out and show everything they got. So if we play Colorado game one and somebody else game two, we're probably showing more and doing more. There's probably more gadgets. It has probably, to be. I guarantee it. Um, and so they would have probably seen more. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's hard to get a sense of the offense from that standpoint on, okay, were they really, were they going two pages deep into their playbook? Like basically not at all. And then the other thing is the high snaps where even the one that went way over Martinez's head, uh, I mean, ultimately Juergens got benched in the second half and uh, Will Farniak came in and was, was the center. The, the high snaps, I don't think, especially in this offense, as a quarterback, you have so many things you're thinking about. And if you are having to think about catching the snap, that's enough to throw you off. And football is a timing sport. That's what I was going to say. So like, as a quarterback, as a former quarterback, the timing of it, right? Like you speak to that. Speak to yeah. the timing of, of you're trying to get things at a certain pace. You're, and that can be run plays. It can be pass plays. And even just that half a second of Martinez having or that, of having to jump up and catch it, I know that sounds crazy. That can kill a play. Well, well, it, these the holes open up for how long, right? In a split second, and and even passing holes. Yep. So you're, you're 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 trying to hit someone when they clear a backer. You, that half a second is enough for you to miss a guy or to throw your. To throw your, your thought rhythm, process and your up. rhythm. Yes. I mean, you're and you're scram. That's a good point. You're scrambling then mentally just to get back to like, okay, what okay, am I? Where thinking am I going? About? Because I, I know for, I mean, look at me. This is like Uncle Rico's like when we played North Platte, I knew that DN was coming. But there, there are things as a quarterback. You have one guy that you're really reading. You know, it could be an outside backer, uh, a safety, and you want to have a quick eye on him. Yep, and. When your eye has to go up to the ball and down, that's enough for you to lose where you're, where, where the guy you're reading for maybe your first read or whatever is off. And then you start, then you're just playing from behind. It's, yeah, it probably speeds you up. It speeds your footwork up. And that sort of whatever it is that as a quarterback, I, I'm assuming if you're more relaxed in your set and throw versus, you jump, scramble, sort of like get back to, then you're trying to kind of gather yourself. Then like I say, everything speeds up and it's, it's just so much harder to make a throw or like I said, to the timing of a run, of right. a run play. And so, you know, with, because I think the high snaps thing, that's something that has to get fixed. I mean, that's a big problem. Yeah. And cause that'll, that'll, I, I want to get into Martinez for a second because that was, I'm telling you, and I mean this in all sincerity, watching Adrian Martinez play yesterday, I was half expecting and kind of hoping after the game for Scott Frost to go to the podium and say, 
uh, Martinez has had the flu for the past two days, or Martinez yeah. has a stomach, but like he didn't look right. He 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 didn't look like he had the same. He looked stuck in the mud mentally and physically, yeah. and I don't know if it was the high snaps just got him out of sorts. But I just it's interesting that he never once looked like that last year, not one time. Running and throwing, he everything, just, yeah. And I don't, I mean, again, I don't want to, like Frost said after the pro, after the game, he said the one, look at my biceps. And I said, I will, sir. No, he said Nick's the like, one. What, Nick says, what did you say, sir? I was I'm distracted. Sorry, your bi- excuse me. Are you worried about your biceps? I mean, Martinez, uh, don't, he, ba- he said the one guy I'm not worried about is Martinez. And I, I like, let, let me just, let's make that clear on this podcast. I'm not worried about Adrian Martinez. No. But with that said, that was, it was kind of like, what was that? But at this, at the same time, like, Nobody's perfect. Like, he hasn't really had a bad game yet. No, and he... Did you see his post-game, uh, the, the, his interview after the game? I, I saw some quotes. I didn't see it. He, he went up there and he owned it. He yeah. said, I played bad. You know, he, he was very upfront with that was a, a bad performance by him, and he, it's on him to fix it, and there's no... So he did a great job of... Owning he, it, not running he from owned it, it, not making yeah. excuses. He yeah. owned it without any any excuses attached to it. So that's a good sign that he's down on himself. After a win, he's he's pissed off that he didn't play well. And that's what you want out of your leader and your best player is yeah. that hey, it doesn't matter we won and I'm not even worried about it. Like he was he's pissed off at himself. Right. He's not happy and that's a good sign cuz he is a better player and he'll I I have a lot of confidence that he will play better, but um it's good to see a guy that's very aware of Hey, this isn't this isn't something to take lightly. Like I need right. to be, I need to change this and change it in a hurry. I wonder if sometimes you ignorance is bliss as a player and a free mind for whatever reason is a good thing. And what I hope you you don't have with Martinez is like I think there had to have been an element last year where he was just balling. Like he just went out there. There was only so much of the playbook he could learn. There was only so much of reads and different things he could learn. There were probably only so much freedom he had for audibling or whatever. Yeah. And he was kind of out there just playing. And so what I hope, there's a balance, right? Like you want to have information, but there's a fine line between having information and being prepared and having too much information. I just hope that there hasn't been... Because sometimes you can spend too much time on studying and and not and not just realize like, hey man, yep. a lot of it is just a rhythm and a flow and confidence and instincts. Yep. So I just hope. I mean, again, I, he's going to be fine. But I just I didn't see a guy even as everything about him looked different. Like I thought his demeanor looked different. Everything looked different. And I don't. It's it's very interesting on what to attribute that to. That's tough. And we won't know till we see him play, you know, yeah. uh, Colorado, which is going to be a better team and it's going to be a bigger game. And will he rise to the occasion? But it, it could just be he couldn't find a rhythm right. as a court. It's such a rhythm position, totally. I think. And, you know, the, for him, I think that's what I saw. He couldn't find a rhythm. The question is, is that. Is that going to be a trend or is that a one-off? Right? I think it's a more of a one-off. I would agree. To that point, the one thing people have to think about too is Martinez couldn't find a rhythm in the offense. The offense could never get into a rhythm. And the thing that really also hurt that 
was the way the second half started for the offense to be able to find rhythm. They have a mm-hmm. pick six, a punt return for a touchdown, and a muffed punt. Yep. So <laughs> I bet an hour of real time elapsed between their last possession of the second quarter to their first possession of the third quarter. So like you're trying to find this rhythm and you just sit for an eternity. Yeah, you go down. I mean, it's like you need to like call in the call in the, you know, the the trainer be like, will you get my hammies here? I mean, you know, seriously, <laughs> you got to get loose. You got to, I mean, that can be hard when it, like, don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's like, boss, it, no, it was great that they had a pick six. And I'm not saying that I'm saying but from just the them, standpoint of finding rhythm. What, so what are the, when are the times an offense is in the most rhythm, right? Usually when they have the ball, the a whole, ton, so when like you anything. see time of possession and they are controlling the game, right? That's when the offense is in full rhythm. When they don't have the ball, then all of a sudden you got to go out there and like say, and you need to have a quick three and out, which they did. And then you're like, we haven't, we're feeling like totally out cold. Of let me, let of- me, be, okay. This will be like rose colored glass, half full, make excuses for the offense. Let's think about this for a second. Let's just think that. Cause they, like you said, there wasn't a lot of gadget trickery, elaborate, imaginative play calling. So kind of vanilla play calling first time center in cam Jurgens. Yep. Snaps were high. Uh, they changed centers at halftime. They changed running backs at halftime. Mm-hmm. And it was the first game of the year. Yep. Like, that's a lot of different things that are working against you to, have, to, have, to get into a rhythm. So the number one thing for rhythm, for, to me in this offense, and I wrote this down, this is, I, I heard Scott Frost say this, but the inability to run the ball on first down in this offense, I think is there. That's the rhythm starter. If they can run the ball, then all of a sudden people are, are they're still down the box and then we can play action. We can throw um, and it gets them moving and it gives them options to call better plays. Right. When they can't run the ball on first down, which they could not run the ball on first down. No, that whole I mean, game, at all. They couldn't get, they couldn't get three, four, five yards of crack. It was either losing yards or stuffed at the line. Then all of a sudden, that second down in 8, 9, 10, 11, that's a hard play call for a coach. Mm-hmm. And we, we couldn't get out of our own way then from there. So it seemed like that the lack first, of success on first down. That to me was, when you're right. talking about rhythm, that was Especially point in this A, offense, point B, that's point where C. The, the tempo, I've always felt like watching the Oregon teams play and the Central Florida teams play and even Frost teams last year, it's not only is it success on first down, but sometimes it's getting that first first down of a drive exactly like, that then it re- that's when the tempo really sinks its teeth into you you know first down nine yard run second down second and one boom uh you know now you're like then, then it really it just never felt like they could get it humming yesterday yes it's that that offense is, is or complete. saturday we should say because yeah. people might be listening on monday yeah so yeah. that whole offense is based it is a rhythm it's speed it's tempo and that first down and that first, like, you know, four down series of getting the first down. Like, right. those two things are so huge. Not that they're not important in other offenses, but they're critical for this specific offense. Totally. To- with all that said, as we now dump the glass out and it's just empty. With all that said, <laughs> there is glasses dumped. Dump. With all that said, there is... There, there is a the ultimate cover up for all the shit we just said is offensive line, lineup, win. 
And that that is something that of all the things that concern me, I'm not Martin guys. I mean, it's not, it's not like Martinez all of a sudden is like Austin Powers, like crikey, I lost my mojo. You know, it's not like before the game he's like ah, crikey. I can't play. I've lost. You know, crikey. No, crikey's Australian. Oh, what did, did he say? Crikey. He does say no. Does he crikey? He said crikey. I think Austin Powers said crikey. I lost my mojo. Does he say crikey? I don't know. We'll get an answer to that via Twitter from someone. I don't think he said crikey. He definitely lost his mojo. He lost his mojo. And so he had to like, find his mojo. Yes, it wasn't like I was in Martinez. But the life force. The, the life force. Yes, he didn't lose that. Doctor the Evil. thing that concerns me was they're just, when that ball was snapped, South Alabama was winning. Their D-line was winning at the point of attack. Yeah. But the thing that's weird about football is, and I wish I had a more recent example, but I always think like, how does it make sense that, remember the last year of Riley? 2017, Wisconsin at home. In the first half, they ran for like 180 yards on Wisconsin. Yep. But earlier in the year against Northern Illinois, they couldn't run the ball at all. It's, it's So I guess my point is sometimes football's weird where like, and I don't know if it's a scheme thing for what's something that a defense is doing or what like, that some there are some days you, you like can't dream of running the ball and then there's other days you can and it's kind of a weird deal. But with all that said, like that of all the things that happened yesterday, the the offensive line's inability to to control the trenches concerns me the most. So, you, so your thought is almost how come you can't just dominate a South Alabama? If we're talking about when, if we're just, talking, like, we let's should just be able say, to run the ball no matter what, right? If if we're truthfully talking about a team that could win eight, nine, ten games and could be in Indianapolis winning the West, playing for a Big Ten title, you gotta, I, you probably should be, I shouldn't, I don't want to say dominating. Yeah, South Alabama run the ball, but like you shouldn't, you should be able to win that battle more often than not. I'm I trying mean, to remember the 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 end end game stats for how many yards we had, but it, it Nebraska did. ran for 98 yards. 2.2 yards per carry. Yeah. That's really bad. Against a team, against a team that last year, a screenshot of this, last year they ranked 101st against the run in the country. Guys, that's a bad, like, they didn't look, like their personnel didn't look horrible to they me. They didn't look bad. But on paper, projecting into a year, that's a Bad team. I think we were calling them JV State. Oh, we or were. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no. they didn't look. They didn't look like that at all. As bad as I think that. So that I guess for me, that's the thing. Of all the things to be concerned about, the the O line is still a concern. I, I'm not quite as concerned, just because to me, I, I did see uh, an aspect of they were playing the run hard. They were. They had guys down the box, and they were just going for it to me it looked like they were going for the like they were shooting the gaps they were they were saying throw the ball down the field and and maybe nebraska didn't want to do we, that for we whatever reason i don't we didn't throw the ball down the field right at all right and so to me I, i'm not quite as I, I didn't feel like the, they just couldn't block anybody but a lot of it to me could have been south alabama just they were kind of just saying, just, we're going for it, and you're going to have to right. do something to beat us, and we didn't do those things. I, I might be forgetting, but I mean, so Nebraska had 44 rushing attempts. I can't remember one that was well-blocked. I'm really trying to think. I mean, and I'm just trying to be, I mean, 
again, I just, I still am not ready. Like I said at the start of this podcast, like I am not ready to, this team could still absolutely make some noise, win the West. Absolutely. I mean, everybody needs to relax. I mean, you watch Northern Iowa and Iowa State yesterday, triple overtime. You watch Georgia State beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Like winnings, unless you're like Clemson, Bama, like winning's hard anymore. It really is. And, but I just, on 44 rushing attempts, I just don't ever felt like, I never felt like there was a play where there was a lot of room. No, I, and I, there was there was not much room. Right. Um, the the positives from this is we won the game and totally. And if we can win next week, this game is one of those that you won't remember in one year. You totally. will not remember this game. It's going to be just. It's almost not to make it insignificant, but it's closer to like a preseason game. Totally. Because it is like, it's some it, sort of, it's almost the a bottom line up. is they're one and oh, they're one they're and, one and, and it's, it's on the schedule. And I'm oh. not sure for as much as people watch this game and thought, Oh no. Oh my God. I'm not sure this, I'm not sure this is, that was a game that Nebraska would have won last year or would have won. <laughs> it, it, a, like for the last three, four years, I'm not sure if Nebraska wins that game. Because I'm we, really not sure. Would we have gotten those takeaways last year? In the in the I don't punk? think so. so. We don't get those three those three touchdowns, and they're in the game in so, the second half. And I'll tell you so what, a part of the we, deal we've lost is, those games. A part of I do believe in the skill, and it's an, you got to acquire like finding a way to win is a real thing. And sometimes it's not always going to be exactly how you expect it to be. Yeah. And there were numerous times last year where the offense carried the 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 flag for the day and the defense and special teams really struggled and it just was flipped. You know, it's a, t- that's why football, it's like football is the ultimate team game. Not only do all 11 guys, all it takes is one guy fucking up and it ruins it, but also sometimes all it takes is one phase, uh, you know, special teams like to not show up. And it's, you know, that's why you got to have, you got to have all three phases and all that show up. And, and so with all that said, they won the game. They won the game and did what they needed to do. Right? They're in, I, they're in the W column, and we're on to the game that, that really matters. That is going to shape this season. Right. So before we get to the defense, real quick, uh, Wandell. I mean, you can Wandell Robinson, you can see it. Like you can see he's he's he's, he's got not, something, something. It's not false advertising. No. He's that good. Yes. He's a freshman who took about 20 touches and looked awesome. It's telling, especially like I don't think people understand how hard it is to play as a freshman in high-level Division One football. And not only is he playing, he got the first carry of the game. He was on kickoff return. Like, like you said, I don't know what his touches count ended up being, but it was a ton. It was clearly... So he's a freshman, and he's so good that it almost felt like a lot of the offensive plan was to get him the ball as much as possible. I don't know that he... I mean... Besides Martinez, who's our quarterback, a non the non quarterback skill positions, it's it's going to be a toss up. Who's the best play? It's probably him or Maurice Washington. Mm-hmm. And Maurice looked fast. Yeah, he looked saw, faster than last year. I don't know that he's that much bigger, but he's he looks, a little bit bigger. If anything looks, I mean, I thought he looked tiny to me, but he but looked last fast. year he was like oh he was uh, yeah. He had straw. been, yeah. He had been on the uh, the straw diet. He'd been on the straw diet, <laughs> <laughs> eating straw and air. But he 
He looks faster to me right. than he had than he even did last He's year. He's got a gear. So I mean, my thought is though, if you can get those two guys on the field together, and especially in that shotgun, those yeah. plays where you can hand it to either or, that's kind of scary for a defense because you those guys can both run so well, right? And they just are they're fast and they're really elusive runners. Um, but I, to to go back, I don't know that Wandell's not the best offensive weapon because he can really run routes right. as like a true wide receiver or you can hand the ball to him. So, right. I mean, he he's still young and he's going to get better, but I, I was very impressed with just his sort of, he just looked comfortable. He looks oh. comfortable with the ball in his hands. I just think, and again, like I said, it's, I think it's telling that they clearly wanted to get him the rock. Like that tells you that that dude is that good. First game of the year and you have a true freshman and you're like, so like, we didn't get him enough touches. So he think, probably touched touches? the ball 20 I mean, like, times and they said we wanted to get him the ball more... That's telling how good they think he yes. is. What uh, almost like when our the jury has not reached a verdict yet on Dedrick Mills. Like I, I don't know what to. Yesterday was so hard because there wasn't a lot of real estate to run. Yeah. It just kind of like, and I think he's one of those guys you need to get into your head. He's not a he. He's a downhill power back. He's not really a make you miss home run guy. At least that's how it appears to me. He's only been on campus for two months. Yeah, ish. He he's new to this offense. That he's got some room to to grow with experience. Right. But I don't think they need him to be anything more than a poor man's Divino Zigbo. Yes. Because we got Washington and we have Wandale. Those two guys are our explosive guys. And I think as long as we can find somebody to run through the tackles hard and, that, and I think you know, that's what he is. That inside zone's a big right. part of this offense. He needs to be one of our primary guys that we can hand the ball and he can he can churn out yards for us. He doesn't need to be the game breaker necessarily, but we need a solid guy. You know, he's a, he's one of our bigger backs too. Yes. I mean, Juan and everybody and, talks about like Mo Berry was like after Pratt, like he goes that guy wants to he runs wants hard. to run you over. Yeah. So I think that you got to give him a little leeway. He's been on campus for two months. He knows this offense worse than the freshman. Wandale does. Wandale's right. been here since January. Um, so I think there needs to be a little bit of a buffer for like, this guy needs to have a little time. What's who's for you? Was it harder to go against the bigger beefy guys or like the, the Wandale Washington, the shifty dudes as a linebacker? I think the sort of the, the easiest was, I felt like the guys that were average size, the really small, quick or the really big guys were the harder ones. The extremes the, the of extremes each. The extremes yeah. are harder. The guys that are sort of six foot, 200 pounds, you're like, great. <laughs> is, his, is his name John Doe? That would help. First running back, we got to talk about <laughs> Doe. John Doe. Number 22, Just John average Doe. guy. He's going to run at you. What's the most average number we can get? 22? Okay, good. 22. <laughs> John Doe. He's from Peoria, Illinois, right in the middle of the country. And uh, we have some information on him, right? His favorite ice cream, vanilla. Vanilla. That's okay. his favorite ice cream. He really likes vanilla. Color's blue. He likes blue. He it's loves blue. His favorite the... band, the Beatles. That's John <laughs> Doe. That's what we know about him. All right. We got to get ready to go against him. That's what we're doing against John Doe. All right. He. Uh... <laughs> Okay, good God. But so you with me on Mills, it's like, he, I think it's, yesterday was so hard to tell with him because he just, it's the first game. Like, first game. Get, it, we have, to, there's more, 
almost with every single player on this team, nobody showed extremes. They're the best or they're the worst. We didn't see anybody's any colors from anybody that I would say was really right. changed our mind on how we see people. So totally. I think we know that this is the first game and there's going to be really the story has not been told on anybody yet. We yes. don't know the answer on any of these guys that would you know disprove kind of what we already think of them. So defensively. No, I mean we've spent 40 minutes talking about all the no. issues with the offense, but I think like you could make a case that what everyone needs to be talking about what is the fact defense was pretty good yesterday and going into the season one of the biggest question marks and even moving forward is like can this defense which with larger the same guys improve and become more disruptive to force turnovers because that is that's something that Chenander has been vocal about and saying they're like basically their number one objective is to force turnovers like that's they're like when you get the ball back to the offense when you be disruptive we're gonna be super aggressive they forced five turnovers yesterday and they were disruptive like I, I thought what what was the was there one prevailing thing that stood out to you with with the defensive performance I would say the the main takeaway I I from the game was and it might seem obvious, but I think it it falls back to comparing to last year. Well, we made plays. Mm-hmm. And my point is, last year we had opportunities to make big plays, and we never made them. And we made about five or six game-changing big plays that it's just good to see guys go execute, like go make the play. Go take it to the house. Don't drop it. Don't whiff the sack. Don't not jump on the fumble. Right. That was the story of last year to me. It was this inability to make to the seal play. The deal. Yeah. Seal the deal. It's and it might seem so simple, but it's a mindset thing. Going and finishing that. Like Cam, like Cam, Cam Taylor, Taylor is a and he's gonna be a difference maker, obviously, but he's a guy that now we bring in and he's ready to go. And he's flying up there in, you know. In flying through the quarterback to make the to make the hit and cause the fumble to score the touchdown, where there might have been hesitation last year, and somebody you know whiffs that play. It was it was amazing yeah. how many times I felt like Lamar Jackson got home. Yeah, Lamar got home. Cam Taylor took a took one uh, a pick almost back all the way. Eric Lee takes one to the house. I mean, those things. Eric Lee, what did you get to see? Because you were in the stadium. I don't know if they gave you a great replay. Boy, did he. You talk about he trusted he trusted his his instincts and just I mean he it's hard to jump an out from the out you see he jumped it on the outside of it you know what he I mean he was coming from the safety He's, spot and he took a like a, a V line yes and beat to beat the guy on the out cut you don't see that very behind much behind him not That's in front saying. of you, him. You he didn't go in front you, he you, went behind you go underneath on an out he read it and trusted his eyes so much and his instincts so yeah. much to just right down there, pick, take it to the house. Unbelievable play. And, and he's a good example of a guy that he's been here for five years mm-hmm. and he has never made a play. Right. He has yet to make a play and then all of a sudden he has two picks in this game and you go, if that's not turning a corner to me, like then what is? Right. Like if it's, you know, for a guy like him specifically who he hadn't made a play and he still tell you like this is 
I've been waiting my whole career for this. Mm -hmm. And he finally, so this is good to see these guys. Cause once you make plays and you know, you can, it's going to build and come. So I like my, uh, to, to bring it all back. Seeing these guys actually make the play totally. is a big step for this defense. So now can you do it on a little bit bigger stage? Right. Cause you were, that was kind of your calling card. I'd say as a, at Nebraska was you were a guy that made big plays defensively. Was that a mindset? Like, cause I I'm, I've seen every football game I've ever played and played with you. So like you were always had a knack for that, but, but that's like, a my, it's a mindset. So yeah. some guys, they don't understand, I think, uh, how to get out of their own way. So there's some guys take the coaching, like, well, coach says I got to be here and do it. And they're thinking about all these things that they need to be doing. Like I got to contain, I got to do this. And they, they almost will make mistakes by trying to do what their coach says too much, where sometimes you got to know, go get the ball. Mm -hmm. Go after it. Go rip it out. Go take it. Go for the pick. Or like, you know, if the guy, if you think, oh, I got to be outside here, instead of being like, I'm just going to go, I'm gonna, I can go get that guy right now. And your coach is never going to get mad at you if you go make a play. And right. so, the, so when you see guys that just instinctually just say, well, I'm going to go get it, that's a mindset. They got to be comfortable enough to know their scheme and at the same time go make the play. Right. And not everybody can do that. Some people get, they almost get in their own way when it comes to get the ball. Right. If you can get the ball, like you're going to win the game. Because I also think we, we go back to the transition that a lot of these guys had to undertake. Diaco's defense was very on your heels, uh, keep everything, for, almost like don't come downhill and make a play. No. And so it's, you You get drilled, they got drilled every day on playing a certain way with a certain mindset. And sometimes it takes like, it's oftentimes practice is, is simply about establishing habits. Yeah. And habits can be tangible, your footwork, your this, your that, whatever. But it also can be intangible in what you're thinking. And, the thing that that is pretty cool is to try to think about what the defense looked like on Saturday and then contrast it to what it looked like last year of Diaco and then even parts of last year. It's like you can really see the the evolution yep. and the growth there. Yep. I'd say a guy like um, Jojo Doman, right? Yeah. He's, he's an example of somebody that, that guy makes plays. Like he's, he's making in, like, plays. So the difference between him and sort of the the guys playing his position, I think they're they're all trying to do their jobs. For whatever reason, JoJo has shown he's got a knack for. I'm going to go make the play though. Right. So he he had a three or four times where he's on the edge, and instead of being hesitant, well, I'm going to keep my I'm outside, or I don't know if he had quarterback or running back, but he went just took down the ball, and guess yeah. what? It was. We win, right? right? And, that, right. and that's the stuff that – that's an aggressive defense. An aggressive defense does that. Um, a defense that might play on their heels more might just be hanging a little bit more on the line, slow playing. And I think if you're going to be an attacking defense, go attack. Go blow right. it up. And seeing him make a few of those plays, a few, in the same way, we, we were blitzing. We had corner blitzes, safety blitzes that got home. Yeah, Lamar's and Cam. Yeah, those are, those are DB blitzes right. that hit home. So – I think we are, we are showing some of these guys are attacking, and that is to me that's the sign of an attacking defense, right? Because I th I saw this because this would have been you. Uh, I saw the ESPN stats and info through this out. Nebraska has recorded their third non-offensive touchdown of the game yesterday or on Saturday, 
It is the first time Nebraska has punched in three non-offensive touchdowns since 2005. Wake Forest. Yep. Because that that because was that the year the chick did the whole West Coast defense? That's where I met Matt yeah. Chick. He came and his his brilliant idea was we were because we had the Callahan West Coast offense, so we did a like a skit almost on the news channel. He was I think yeah, channel, channel seven, seven news. Yeah. He, yeah. he had this idea. It was like it's called the West Coast defense, where all we did was score touchdowns. And so the playbook, we'd open a playbook and it'd say. Score a touchdown. Score. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we, I think we scored four or five touchdowns in the first two or three games. Yes. So we did this with Schick, and we met Schick, and and uh, you know he's a hilarious guy. He had a way of getting people in like to buy into stupid stuff like that because he likes. Do- I mean, if you he- like stupid things, Matt Schick's your guy because <laughs> he's gonna sell you. Here's what I'm thinking. I know you want to be serious, but guess what? But Here's okay, my idea. So the reason I brought that up is like I would think. Just like anything, like did you guys then that year, like you start to then have some confidence as collectively as a group, like we're ball hawks, we're we're gonna and then the other thing too is like you better believe Steven Montez for Colorado, that quarterback, I mean, he like yeah. you're you're gonna go now go against a team that just forced five turnovers, had two non-offensive, you know, two touchdowns, like they're gonna be a little bit more like, oh shit, we gotta be ready to rock here. Yeah, take them a little more seriously. You know, That's I fair. mean, but I just, yeah, that's probably your your summation of it is is probably true. Like the 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 most pleased the the thing that you're probably pleased with the most is was like that dudes just sealed the deal and made plays, make the play. So there's that's something I'm gonna be looking at all season is like where when there's opportunities, are you actually gonna make the play? Because right. that that's been a it's been an Achilles heel, this inability to make the play, make the big tackle, get the quarterback down when he's scrambling, and don't let that drive, that last drive, just stay alive. Right. And then, you know, don't even take the chance of losing the game after that. So we, we've had too much of that where, you know, I think as football fans, we all sit there, and when you miss that play and you just go, oh, it's a, it takes your heart out. Like you feel that, that right. knot in your stomach when you're watching the game, you're going, Oh my God! Just it's over if we can just get him down, you know. And, right. And so that's the stuff that I'm hoping we turn the corner on. We're the team that's like we take your heart when we when you give us a right. when you make a mistake or you give us a, a, a chance, we're gonna take it and we're gonna end this thing. Did you feel like the backers played pretty good for the most part? For the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah I think D line backers. It was pretty steady, solid. The, solid the, game. the secondary were the guys that made the splash. Because I'm looking at the stats, it looked like Mo Berry led the boys in tackles. You know, Mo's always around the ball, and Mo plays hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I mean, he's not the most gifted guy in the world, but like he, I, he, he had 12 tackles. And then the thing that's good is it was all, and I don't know, maybe this isn't good. A lot of guys. Mo had 12 tackles. The next highest was Cam with five, and then it's a bunch of guys with. With one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight different dudes had four tackles. Yeah. So what's good about that probably is like you have a variety of guys making plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I don't know if do do you do you look at tackle d- d- dispersed like how that's being? Uh, not not really. Not, I mean, like is you there expect, anything to take you away with that? Your, your middle backers to to make a lot of tackles. Your safeties are going to make a lot of tackles. Because they had a lot of guys come in. Eric Lee came in, played well, as we said. Even uh, Sullivan, number 30, dude came in, 
and made a couple of good plays I, on like I mean he came in and played. I mean, well. where's Sullivan from? I <laughs> I had to look. At I, he's from Illinois, I think, is what it. I mean, yeah, like there's he, guys who are like, where's? Oh, I didn't know. I thought he's a Nebraska kid, but that's yeah. He he's a guy that came out of nowhere. I didn't know he existed, and all of a sudden he's playing real minutes. Right. It's great. I mean, it's it is it's great. I just think you you think about yesterday or Saturday, and. Last year, special teams really not very good at all. There were moments last year where the defense struggled a bit last year and really had problems making plays. Mm-hmm. The two, those are two of the bigger prevailing question marks that like you would give Nebraska. Now I know Spielman muffed the one punt, but he did he? I mean, he returned a punt for a touchdown, and for the most part, special teams played we'll call really it even. well. <laughs> call it even, Stephen. And even like Barrett Pickering didn't. Pl- their starting kicker got held out. Like I thought, special teams did did pretty well as as well so the two areas that you felt like boy nebraska got a ways to go like pretty good on saturday yeah i I don't know that we learned i I think we can be happy about the defense i don't know that we've learned who we are yet though so that's that's a good sign um but i think this colorado game is going to be the the game where we have a better understanding of like what are we really right because I don't think South Alabama and that performance is really indicative of like what we are. That's sort of like, it was good to see. It's good to see the growth, but we don't know yet. O- so, offensively or defensively, right. I don't think we know yet. So what, uh, going on the road, how, uh, tough environment. What was the toughest environment you ever played in? Toughest environment. Um, and I feel like that has to affect the offense more too on the road in football. You know, because like defense, or what yeah. do you think? O- I, I- offense harder here. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to Texas A&M. What, USC Texas. was was USC rocking. Their fans aren't very good. No. So uh, here's what I'll say about about Colorado. It's a it's a hippie town. It's a crunchy town, as mm-hmm. we like to say. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tall trees there that like to be hugged from time to time. Um. <laughs> So you, you kind of get the idea that this that, that Boulder, Colorado is going to be a bunch of feel-good, nice. Nebraska fans are nice. Yeah. Colorado fans should be nice. I mean, it's there's a lot of, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. of smoke in the air yeah, and a lot of right, right. deep thoughts about love, things. A lot of love, a lot of, yeah. But they are probably, and maybe it's just to Nebraska, the, 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 worst, the worst people that oh, there's at. been horror stories of guys. You have to change your. I mean, there's been stories of people having to change their license plate so, so, so their car doesn't get crushed. Couple basically. of couple of quick stories. Um, 2001, the year that we got beat, was it 76 six, to six, no 62, 62 to 48? That was the Crouches. The year we ended up going yeah. to the Orange Bowl and losing to Miami, and we they ended up winning the big the Big Twelve title that year, um, and we got pummeled. They were trying to fight all of the parents and the even some of the players as they're leaving the field after that game. After they were they beat the heck out of us, their fans were trying to like fight my father and all these like what? they it's you wouldn't believe the way that some of these fans treat like the hut because you yeah. know Nebraska, they didn't let you back in the 90s, they wouldn't let you wear red in in the right on campus or in the the buildings like the football buildings for Colorado 
Nebraska was their target. We need to beat Nebraska. Nobody wear red. That's the mindset that they had from back in the day at Colorado. So that's where we they became our rival as soon as it kind of got to the 90s, the Big 12. They were our number one rival. And to them, that's life or death. And they treated us poorly. So 2005, we played there. The student sections were so bad and they were throwing bottles of you know, things onto the field. Well, the urine bombs. Urine stories. bombs. Yeah. They were doing all this stuff. They got kicked out of the stadium. They took, in the third quarter, probably 20 minutes, stopped the game. They got every kid in the student section kicked out. So, you know, 10,000 fans, we had to wait, and they marched all these fans out. Wow. So if people remember, that was the game. We wore the Restore the Order shirts, and that was a big thing that right. year. And we we went up there and, and beat them pretty good, 30-3. to three. And we, you know, we took to, we went up in the stands and these restore the orders, <laughs> but they were the worst. They were the worst. So it felt so good to beat those guys yeah. because their fans treated our fans so poorly every time we'd go to Boulder. And I don't, it's unexplainable, like why they're so extra mean to us, but they just were. That's so to say this is a hostile place. That's I'm gonna what, say yes, it is. I don't know if it's still as strong as it was right. when it was Big Twelve era. But I'm just telling you, there's no group of fans, and I would probably include Oklahoma fans in there, that dislike Nebraska more than Colorado does. Right. Yeah, I would say the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry was more predicated upon respect in a weird, like there was yeah. like more, like there was, Colorado-Nebraska was just like nasty. It was, and it was, I think it's on Colorado. Yeah. They wanted that. That's right. their decision, because we were the big dogs. So you hope, that and I, and that's where it's, it is good that Frost has been a part of that and can get those guys. Cause that's one thing that'll be interesting. These guys need to get mentally ready. When I say these guys, I mean the players to go into that sort of situation. I mean, yeah. cause you gotta be, it takes a special mindset in those spots. Do you feel like, is there any key to that for you? Like, is it just, I love playing the road. I mean, I enjoy, I'm one of the, I'm with you. I, I, I almost enjoyed playing on the road more than home. Going and taking somebody's heart on the road was so pleasurable. I enjoyed, I'd rather make a play and silence a crowd than make a play and erupt a crowd. And I mean that in all sincerity. I do too. I, I think I, there's nothing better than than going somewhere. I even found it easier to focus. like Because like I thought at home, I thought there were way more distractions at home in college then there was the road it's like you get on the plane you go there you go to the hotel and you just are immersed in thinking about the game mm -hmm. and that's it and so yeah it, it it just do you almost think like the emotional component of this game is one of the like would you how high would you put like Dealing with the emotion and the environment on, like, if we're doing Borut's keys to this game without getting into, like, the, you know, they on third down, they love to do it, but, like, the big, broad keys, which emotion, like, controlling your emotions, dealing with the emotions of the environment. Uh, I, I don't know if it's emo, I don't, that's not something that comes right to the top of my head. I think it's, I'm more thinking, you're more of a you're not a you're me, emotions, I've always been in a more of like an intangible guy. Ask than my you. wife about emotions. <laughs> <laughs> she tells me I don't have any, and so um, but, so you, yes, yeah. I always felt I'm like not, it was really, but I I also think it's important early in the game to a stab like to take like 
because this, I guess, is a combination of tangible and intangible. Like Nebraska is going to get off to a good start, I think, especially that, with like the yes. fragile nature of you know this team still is probably a little yes. like their confidence is there, but it's not really there. So Nick, I think that's a better word to use than uh, emotions. I mean, emotions are uh, that's kind of to me a all over the place. Confidence yeah. is the word I would go with. Getting caught, like playing, almost playing yourself into feeling really confident about how, like how we are as a team. And to me, that starts with getting off to a good start and not turning the ball over. Right. Those two things will shape the game. Because like year. at Michigan, granted, there were so many things with Michigan last year that were just, Nebraska just wasn't ready for that game in every imaginable way possible. But it was, it, they got off to all the things you just, I mean, they had an interception to start the game. They like it was all the things that can't happen out the gates. Even Oregon a couple years ago with Riley, it was like they were like it was like you blinked and you're down fourteen nothing. They need to have they need to have they need to hang in there early. Or or even Nick as an example, last year against Colorado, what happened the first five minutes of the game? Yeah, two fumbles. And they hit a flea flicker, long pass, and score. Like so, within seemingly an instant, you, Nebraska had two turnovers and was down fourteen points. And then you spend the rest of the game trying to dig out of that get, hole. Yeah, dig yeah. yourself out and sort of rebuild your your momentum. And, your, and that's something we don't need to do, especially on the road. Right. So, do you think? Uh, I'm always bit, like, do you think Frost has? I, I, again, I just he's known for his play calling. Yeah. And yesterday ju- or Saturday just felt like there just was not a lot there. I mean, his homeboy got some stuff. If I'm a I, bet, if I'm a betting man, I think he's got some looks, he, some things for Wandale. I think and, he held a couple of aces and you know pocket aces and said, "I fold." Uh, and and in South Alabama, he 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 ditched in a couple ditched in a couple pocket aces. I think we got plays right. I think we've got a plan for Colorado because they they've been scheming these guys. I'm sure, you know, the the first handful of games, you you got a, a really good idea of what you probably want to run, you know, that you've been doing all summer. Like right. you have your idea. I mean, obviously they're going to scout them from the first game, but there's a good chunk of their preparation that's already probably done for Colorado. I would think. How much does it help that a lot of these guys played Colorado last year? I know it's a different coach. It's but huge. Yeah, it's got to be huge, right? Because they're going to the, – same thing. Like Colorado has an advantage scouting us as we do them is that like we have a, a decent idea of their personnel. Some of them, a lot of those guys are going to be coming back. Right. And we got to see how our stuff worked and didn't work against them. So yeah, that's you, a good point. You can that's see – That's what like, you get to see. Yeah. I – Tell you what, a week from today, going to be interesting what we're talking about. It's going to shape this season. Because that's how I've, everybody's all, everybody when looking at this season is look at, I get when you see Ohio State's coming to town, you circle that game, you're like, well, big game. This, this, to me, this is the game. I don't want to say like you lose this game, season's done, but like, I think it's more of like if you win this game, like I really think things can kind of, the potential, the potential changes, changes if you win. If you lose this game, I think we know what the ceiling is. Mm-hmm. If we win it, the ceiling goes, it opens up a little bit more. Yeah. I, this is going to be this is going to be a a hell of a game. People here. need to get ready. Oh yeah. 
I mean, do we and do we miss anything? Do you have anything that you? I mean, you had your notes. Did we not touch on it? How come? Did you, we, how come you didn't bring notes? I have. Question. I have a computer. See, this is different. Bo had like a physical copy of the paper, handwritten notes. I have th- something called a computer. Welcome to 2019, Bo. You have a computer too. I, I got a computer over yeah. here. Yeah. Um, did, did we? Any? Is there anything? Because you and I, I walked in, and the first thing I said to you was, "Don't talk to me. Save it for the pod." Did was there anything that? You wanted to talk about that? We I think that was a thorough, if we can say, a thorough coverage of the for recapping. I just this think the big game. thing there's going to be you're going to get the sky is falling people because that's the nature yeah. of fans at times. Oh, you got to be kidding me! You can't twenty fourth in the country and oh, they could have lost South Alabama. You're going to get that. Uh, okay, I I got, but I got one for you then. Okay, yep. so tell me your thoughts on this because this was this was. Um, a question somebody asked me yesterday in the parking lot, having a couple of refreshments, enjoying the victory. Did. I bet you did. This came actually from Willie, our buddy Willie. Yeah. He asked, how big of a deal is not having not having Stanley Morgan for Taylor, I mean for Adrian, Adrian Martinez. Martinez? How big of a deal is that going to be this season? It, it One game in, it appeared like it was a huge deal. Yeah. And I think... For co- every quarterback has their guy that for whatever reason, sometimes it's hard to explain, it's hard to sink your teeth into chemistry, but for whatever reason, the way they run routes works for you. The way they move and look, even like how a guy looks, like I, Alex Gordon was, the way Alex looked moving worked for me. Yeah. And when you take, like clearly Edelman and Brady like have a thing like where they just, it works. Yep. And sometimes it's not necessarily about great, how talented you are, you know? So I don't know. I mean, one game in, like it looked like Adrian was searching for comfort. Bingo. That's- and I wonder if that was Stanley. Stanley was the guy that the two things that Stanley was for him was his sort of, it's second and third and long, and we need to throw the ball down the field or over the top. Mm-hmm. Who else is he going to? It was Stanley nine out of ten times. And that was, you know, when he asked me that, I started thinking it because I wasn't thinking about it up to that point. And I, got, I thought, you know what? You're, there might be something in terms of comfort and say, you know, the, his safety valve. The guy he's going to defer to is like, well, you know what? Guess where it's going? Yeah, it's yeah. going to go there. I don't really have to think about it. Um, Clearly, Tommy Armstrong and Westerkamp had something. It's chemistry, yeah. and so I, we'll see how big of a deal Stanley Morgan not being there is going to be for Adrian Martinez. Because I think that was one thing that I was thinking about yesterday. With like the offense didn't play well, you're like, gosh, could Divino Zigbo and Stanley Morgan not being there make that big of a difference? And Divine, I, lo- I thought Ozigbo ended up being a, re- a pretty darn good player. I mean, he rushed for a thousand yards. Yep. But the Stanley one, especially because you could tell there was uh, he he Martinez missed Kenawai Noah the Cal transfer a couple times, yep. and even he had Wandale open on a post for a touchdown, going towards the south end zone. Yep. And like if that's Stanley, they just never missed that last year. They did. They, they hit never, it a lot. They, they never missed it. And you know what Stanley was too. He's he wasn't huge, but he yeah. was long. Yeah. He was one of those guys that 
I don't know that we got a guy that's like, throw it up high and I can right. go get it. He was our guy that could do that. So somebody's going to have to fill that role, right? right. It's sort of like you, you don't have another Stanley Morgan necessarily, but what two or three guys can sort of fill what he did, right? You mm -hmm. know, Wandale's going to take some of that. Spielman's going to be Spielman. He's, he's going to be the same type of guy. But the, the taller, I'm going to go up and get some high balls, one of those guys has to give us some sort of semblance of that in a deep, like a deep right, threat. Right. And I don't necessarily it, think of Wandale as a deep threat. I don't really think I don't think Spielman's a deep, no. the deep threat. We need somebody to, you know, take the top off, go yeah, over I don't, the, I don't know. There are two things. I mean, I thought Stoll looked pretty good yesterday. Like Stoll, uh, and usually have tight and ends be a deep threat, but like I think Stoll could be a factor. I think he was one of the more under-talked about guys heading into this year. He ran pretty good. He there. ran really good. And then even little things like... He pulling the plow, and he wasn't. Let me plow this thing. Let I mean, me pull the some plow of these haircuts, here. these guys are... I mean... We got a couple mullets. We got like we got a couple mullet mullets, heavy. a couple, a couple long flowing locks that yeah. are just yeah. Are we a little jealous though when we oh, see that hair? Oh man, we go I mean, well. One, if I had hair, I'd I'd make it look better than that. But it's just like they got. I it get too. offended when I see a great head of hair used like just gone to waste or like a bad bowl cut, and you go like, what really you like what you, you got it. Have you seen kids' haircuts these days? Those like we had horrible haircuts. You would write that you wrote like Phoenix Suns in your hair. Well, so. I, that was '90s. So in the '90s, that's what we did. <laughs> but you buzz guys, it. guys like have like high and tights, perfect like 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 they're like eight, and they have like better haircuts than like I ever had in my entire life. But I'll give them that. Yeah, you know what? I guess so. Having a good haircut. Uh, if you don't have hair, every man that's bald or semi bald out there, you know this feeling of it's bad. It sucks to not have hair. When you get and then getting your hair cut, you just have to stare at yourself at that mirror, looking back at you like you're an <laughs> ugly person. <laughs> Damn it! It's Do horrible. your best. Do Ms. your best, Miss Hairstylist. Do your best. The one last thought on the receiver thing, and then we'll wrap it up. Were they playing zone? A lot of zone coverage yesterday. Could you tell? They they were running a lot of single high, which means they were bringing they were bringing more people down the box, and they had somebody single high. So that means that. They were trying to basically either do it was man or cover three most okay. of the time. Okay, because another guy that remember against Wisconsin, who kept on splitting out and 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 running routes and was Maurice Washington. Like I think Maurice, like that could be an underrated component even to like we think of him only being like he's good at screens and he's good at against Wisconsin when they were in man coverage they'd motion him out and get him one-on-one -on, -one on a backer or whoever and yeah. he could I wish I knew the answer to whether or not did George because jo Mel Tucker is the George coach came from or came from Georgia they probably play man I don't know I, I, I I'm trying to even remember last year what they were doing a lot of well it's a new coach oh so, new coach yeah it's a oh. new and and so I don't, I don't I wouldn't know. know. I just think even Maurice, Maurice was an op. Like he got to where he yes. was pretty good at catching the ball. Well, and, and I didn't, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm excited to see sort of how they use Maurice and Wandale on the field at the same time because you've got two guys that can kind of be like your hybrid running backs and then two guys that are, I mean, Wandale for sure, he's like a receiver, but. Maurice is also so you got two Maurice guys. Maurice can catch the ball and run. Yeah, so like, you got two guys that are so versatile in their skill sets. If you even, can get them on the field at the same time, that's something. That's a tough. That's a tough matchup for a defensive coach to kind of go. How do we want to? How do you want to approach guarding these guys? We, well, think there could be times where it's like 
you have Martinez, Maurice, and Wandale, and Spielman, then in like the slot or something. Like, and Spielman can run. You know, you can do different things with Spielman. Like Spielman's yeah. versatile as well. Like they have three guys, but in particular those two, Wandale and and Maurice Washington, yeah. like are are, and that's why I'm just that's why I really, the, the, I think we're gonna I think in the first series of the game on Saturday you're gonna see formations and personnel packages that you probably didn't see. That, I mean, think Maurice didn't even play in the first half of this. Yeah, game. so that will be the that will be interesting. So I think that will answer our question on were we holding back were we intentionally vanilla is if that first you know the first scripted whatever right 15 plays are we're sh- we're Different doing some things, things like, whoa, whoa hey whoa what right? is that that's and if you see some gadgets you see some special that either tells you one of the things that yeah they were intentionally vanilla or it's like they said well we need to spice yeah. it up a little bit so right we'll see Time will tell. Oh man, I can't. This is going to be. I can't wait a week from today to be recapping this thing. This is going to be the the emotion of this. I think it's it's Fox's big crew. It's Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt. It's Saturday afternoon. It's going to be like this is this feels like the opportunity for like a big moment for Nebraska to kind of go go on the road, win in a hostile environment, get some confidence. Yeah. Put that. Put this South Alabama game behind you. You know and. And I mean, even because even like now, granted, it's not against teams like South Alabama, every team not named Bama and Clemson, like less teams look back on a game where it's like, how the hell that didn't play good today. Could you how did how did we win that game? Like, that's kind of a part of how seasons go. Yeah, you got to you got to find it's it's hard to bring your A game every Saturday for sure. And so oh, the mark of teams that ultimately go places is like, what happens when you don't have your A game? And can you win? And Nebraska didn't have their A game offensively, and they won. So they might have their D minus game. That was and about as, but it, man, it just, again, like a new center, high snaps, uh, vanilla play calling. Not a, you had a new running, new Juco running back. Who then you change running backs and centers at halftime? You had a like there just there was a lot of things that were yeah. that ingredients for things to maybe be a little choppy, and yeah. they were choppy. I'm just not. I can't. I think Martinez. I, he'll be fine. He, he'll be. He'll be. Totally if fine. you believe in Adrian Martinez, you you're not worried. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so we got we hit all your notes. I'm pointing. At you, are we good? Do we? You had the yeah, one question I, from our friend Willie over beers in the parking lot. How could you forget the one question from the tailgate parking lot with beers with one of our friends? How could you forget that? You can't. Not you can't forget that. When it's that good. Yeah. So, no, I, I think it's good. This, is, uh, this has been tons of fun. So um, Let's get ready for next what, week. What's your – got to learn the plugs. How do you do the plugs? The- so downloads, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Download, subscribe, rate, and review the Nick Bob podcast. I, we're climbing the charts. We're I climbing it. Yeah, we're, we are. We're number we're, thirty nationally within the first week. Which Nick, I'm. I'm got to tell you, I'm really impressed. I'm. A, I'm. I, I didn't know what you when we launched this thing. We didn't know what. Like, what do you think? What you talked to me before the week? And I was like, I honestly don't know. Well, I don't know. It's been the response that I've gotten has been it's been pretty remarkable. I mean, there's a lot of the people are people we know, but the people that we haven't know, like that we don't know, that are they're talking about your podcast. It's 
it's pretty awesome to see how excited people oh, are I'm, and how many I'm people thrilled. are tuning. It's been last the launch week was so cool. I that was yeah. uh, a, a I, I didn't know what to expect, and it succeeded in my expectations. Yeah, and so I am. This is cool. I'm. I'm. And again, we're just getting started. Yeah. So you know I mean? tell, tell, your started. tell your friends. Tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend to download, subscribe, rate, and review. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Okay, I got what that. You have to do. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Love. That's what you got to do. Okay. So tell next week, Bo. Give me a shake. Yeah, hearty handshake. There we go. Up. All right. There Production.